Hey guys, this is your host, Johnny D. And this is your host, Brent. And hey, we just wanted to share some big news with you. The Climb Show Music Business Podcast is now a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network. That's right. We are really excited to be part of this network along with some other amazing podcasts. Yeah, so make sure you check out americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. Or you can click on the link in the episode notes to listen to some of the best shows and music. All right, Johnny, do your thing. Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's where it's at in this new music business. You're going to have to have proof of concept. You're going to have to have more than great songs and more than great voices and more than great performances. You're going to have to prove that people care about it. You're going to have to have some business movement before you're going to get that publishing deal, that record deal, that booking agent. That's why we called it The Climb, Creating Leverage in the Music Business. See what I did there? C-L-I-M-B. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Got it. That's a Baxternim. From my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, a recent number one, another recent cut, I could go on and on, but he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular, he gives you an opportunity to connect with the pros so you can create a relationship and climb up that ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns a Daredevil production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Look, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andrew Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. What's up, brother? How you doing, my man? Oh, I'm excited. It's a good day. It's uh, not too hot today in my office, which is nice because i got to turn my air conditioning off to record these because it's loud, so I appreciate not sweating. Gotcha. It's the little things in life that make it all worthwhile. <laughs> That's right. you got to look for the little wins, man. That's for sure. All these musicians out there with home studios think, I can't relate to your pain. You know, you got you to gotta get it all quiet and you're sweating out there because you don't want the AC unit to, you know, bleed into your track. Hey, I feel your pain. Totally feel your pain. Okay, maybe just a little bit of your pain, but anyway, it's a story. <laughs> well, what are we going to learn today? <laughs> all right, today we're going to dive into the story behind and the business behind my most recent number one single. So if you want to get cuts and hits, today's episode is for you. Right on. Well, let's take care of a little business first, guys. Join the Climb community if you haven't done so already. This is a thriving Facebook group. Man, there's a lot of activity going on there. Co-writers getting together, even on different continents, which Mm -hmm. is cool. And they're getting successes. They're starting to make some money. People asking marketing questions, starting to get their head around the adaptation process of moving away from broadcast platforms and onto digital. What does that mean? Ask the question in the group. And you're going to get a thousand really good answers. And we want you to join too. You have to ask to be let in, but everybody gets in. And just be good boys and girls. We give you some opportunities too to showcase some of your work so that you can stick your head up and create some 
some relationships in there. These are all professionals in this group, guys. So this is not a place to go and sell your music. But this certainly is a place to put a song that you have in in the right spot at the right time mm-hmm. and create a relationship to create some co-writes or different artists and musician relationships, etc. So we want you to join on that, right? Yes, yeah, right. And hey, don't be afraid to talk about yourself. Every day, basically, we have some different posts where you can share your socials with people, but it's all in a in its own little spot so people can go there if they want to see it. On Wednesdays, we have New Heights, which is our place for you to share your wins. Big or small, we love them all. Everyone's at different spots in their careers. And here's one from Chuck. I believe it's pronounced Weimer. Chuck Weimer Music. It says his first radio single was picked up by multiple Texas stations and released to streaming sites. So doing well for a freshman single. So congrats, Chuck, and good luck yeah. with your single. And I hope they good spend job, the Chuck. crap out of it. I love that. And hey, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume podcasts to make sure you don't miss an episode. And just keep them there in order and go back when you have those insomniac nights mm-hmm. and you can't sleep, man. Go back and catch up on some of that. Leave a rating and review. We're trying to get up to 200 here. We prefer a five-star, but be honest. If you don't like it, tell us. We read those, too. We'll read it on the air. Mm-hmm. That's and right. scared. That's right. We ain't scared. Tell a friend about it. That's the best thing you do. Tell another musician, an artist, a songwriter, anybody in the industry that you think this would be valuable for, let them know. It means more coming from you than it does coming from us. So that's the best way you can kind of pay it forward, right? That's right. That's right. You ready to get into it? I want to talk about a number one. Who doesn't want to talk about a number one? Come on. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm blessed to be one of the writers on a song called Can I Get a Witness? It was a recent number one single in the Southern Gospel market. And my first number one in that market, by the way. And it was just nominated for the Southern Gospel Recorded Song of the Year. So that's the category. Southern Gospel Recorded Song of the Year. Thank you. For the 51st Dove Awards, which is basically the Gospel Music Association's version of the Grammys. So it's like the Christian Grammys, basically, the Dove Awards. So today I just want to kind of peel the onion a bit for you climbers out there and and hopefully lead some breadcrumbs to mix my food metaphors for you to follow on the way to your own hits, regardless of (laughs) genre. All right. So these lessons apply to country, pop, CCM, whatever, you you know, your weapon of choice is. So that's what we're going to do today, kind of peel that onion and see if we can. I'm going to witness a little bit on witness and see if we can help you all out a little bit. Let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start with the kind of the 30,000-foot overview. I wrote Can I Get a Witness with Kenna West and Jason Cox in February of 2019. So before we had a chance to demo it, a new group on Daywind Records, Daywind is a successful, you know, they're like one of the majors in Southern Gospel. They're like your Sony, your Warner, they're major in that world. Yep, I work with them. New artist called The Sound. They're about to finish up their debut album, but they need that one more song, right? You know, that happens a lot. Man, we feel like we just need the one more. There's just something missing. We need that one more song. So what do they do? The artist reached out to Kenna, my co-writer on the song, to see if she had anything. And one of the songs that she sent was Can I Get a Witness? Now, this was not the demo. We hadn't had it demoed yet. It was on the stack to demo because we thought it was really strong. But she had the work tape. She sent the work tape from the day we wrote it. Like, in the room, work tape, Jason playing probably guitar and Kenna singing it. So rough, probably second or third pass we did on it, because we usually take a few passes to get the the work tape. And that was it. So thankfully, the band and the producer and the label, they all love the song, and they cut it. And it became the lead-off single for the band. Again, The Sound is the name of the group. And it hit number one for July of 2020. 
So about a year and a half later. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super excited. My first number one in that market. And that felt kind of like a breakthrough for me. And I was really happy about that. And then just this month, so August of 2020, the Dove nominations came out. And it was nominated for Southern Gospel Recorded Song of the Year for the Dove Award. So which is basically Song of the Year. The award goes to the artists and the songwriters. So that was a major step forward as I'm kind of working my way into this new genre. So that's the kind of the basic story, but there's a lot more to it than that. And so I'm going to dive into that because I don't know about y'all, but anytime I'm listening to interviews with writers and I listen to different podcasts where maybe writers get interviewed, I'm always about, okay, let's dig in deeper. Like, oh, I was hanging and they loved it and they cut it. I'm like, tell me more. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, really let's see where the bodies are buried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where the bodies buried. Let's. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I know, because, you know, I'm not in all the rooms and I'm not at day wind and I'm not in the room when they cut it. But as far as I know from talking to everybody, this is kind of where the bodies are buried on this song. So first of all, how did I get in the room with Jason and Kenna in the first place? So for you climbers who don't know, Man, they have a list of number one singles in Southern Gospel longer than your arm. I mean, Kenna herself has over 31 number one singles. Oh, Jason, my gosh. Yeah, Jason, I don't know how many he has at this point. He hadn't been in that world as long, but he's slaying it as well. So me, well, I didn't have any at that point. Right. You know, the first time I wrote with both of them together, I had exactly like two Southern Gospel cuts total. One was written with Jason several years before, and it was an album cut. And the other was written with Mark Narmore, who's a hit country writer, and ended up on, I think, just an album cut as well on another. You know, so I wasn't pursuing that world. Just I was writing country songs. Both those Mark were country Narmore, songs. Mark Narmore, that's what I love about Sundays. Oh, he's so great. I wrote with him yesterday. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. How's so, he doing? Uh, he's rocking along, man. Rocking I love along. that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, he's great. So, you know, we wrote those as country songs, and so it, it was almost like a, just a, like a bonus. Like, oh, Southern Gospel. Well, that's cool. Okay, moving on, you know? So clearly, I'm not on their level in that world of a Kenna West or a Jason Cox. So how did I get in that room, right? That's a big step. Basically, comes down to no like, and trust. If you listen to The Climb, you've heard this a lot, probably a lot on Johnny's episodes. But no like, and trust. I first met Jason Cox back, it was like 2005 or 2006. And I was writing for Major Bob Music at the time. And one of our other writers there was a, a great singer-songwriter named Robin Welty, sweetheart. She introduced me to Jason because somehow she had met him and they'd been writing some and they were working with him. And so she brought him in and I started writing with Jason some. And we were writing country songs at the time. And because, you know, we share a common faith several of our songs, you know, kind of had that element. But, you know, like I said, even the song that eventually got cut in Southern Gospel was, to me, a country song. Because, again, country hammer looks like a country nail. And so... Southern Gospel wasn't on my radar. Jason, I never talked about the Southern Gospel world. As far as I know, he wasn't in that world at all back then. Yeah. So, so I made him like 2005, 2006. And then, you know, life happens, business happens. And so we just kind of end up not In 2011, really you wrote a killer song for my artist, Neil Schuyler. True, true, we did. You and Jason and Neil got together and wrote mm-hmm. Last First Kiss. Yeah. Which so, was... To this day, and I'm not just kissing your butt, but that's one of my favorite songs. That is just a great freaking song, dude. Well, thank you. I like that song, too. That was a good day. Yeah. And around that time, 2011, 12, 13, it was probably about the last time Jason and I wrote for a few years. Just life and business happens and all this stuff. We kind of lose contact a little bit. But eventually, I reached back out to him again. I'd heard that he was writing in the Southern Gospel world, and, and I was like, you know, I'd like to take a crack at that. You know, I was getting at a place where... 
I feel like I didn't have to chase the Kenny Chesney stuff. You know, because Southern Gospel, it's, it's different financially. It's a different set of people, a different cast of characters. It's a different business to get into. Same mm-hmm. skill set generally, but like a different business. But there's some stuff I want to say. Let's see. And, oh, I know Jason. Well, maybe that can be my way in. And really had no idea how successful he'd become. <laughs> you know, he also does insurance, and he's killing it in insurance. If you're down in Brentwood, Tennessee area, and you want to sell or buy a home, call Jason Cox. He is Real estate it. or insurance? Real estate. Uh, sorry, real estate. He's doing real estate. And <laughs> I got you thinking about insurance. <laughs> he did earlier in our off-air conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, so he's doing real estate. So actually, I had lots of contact with him, and we ended up having coffee or something or lunch together one time. And I was thinking about doing real estate. I was thinking about making a change. I didn't know. You know, so definitely weren't talking about writing, but that's when I kind of got up on his Southern Gospel stuff a little bit. So eventually I'm like, you know, I'm going to write a little Southern Gospel. So I had no idea how, because he's not bragging on himself. You know, he he keeps that kind of close to the chest. And But, you know, reached out to him. He's like, yeah, man, let's write. And thankfully, because of our friendship... And because he respects my songwriting, he invited me into one of his standing Thursday appointments with Kenna West. I mean, he and Kenna have been writing every Thursday for like almost 10 years now. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It ain't broke. (laughs) And they'll pop in third, you know, on occasion and do a lot, just the two of them. So he invited me in with Kenna. I'm like, cool, yeah, I'd like to join you. I've seen her banner up on Music Row. I've seen her name like over by the Word Building and stuff, but I didn't know much better. I had no idea what a big deal she is in that world. Where is the Word Building? The Word Building, yeah, it's on, was it on 17th? It's kind of across from Sony ATV or just kind of catty corner. It's right across from Studio, RCA Studio B. Oh, it's I right across. It from, okay. It's like Silvery Building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the right. Yeah. Yep, I so, know it is now. Yeah, and so that's where Word Curb is now. And so, anyway, I didn't know what a big deal she was either. So there are a bunch of Southern Gospel songwriters who would love to be in the room with either Kenna or Jason, much less both of them. You know, there, mm-hmm. there'd be a line out the door because they're awesome. It'd be like in the country world, writing with your Shane McAnally's and the Ashley Gorley's and the Hillary Lindsay's and stuff. It's like the current Mount Rushmore. So how did I get in there? Right. Because, again, no track record in Southern to speak of. I don't have my bona fides in Southern. Again, it comes down to no like and trust because Jason, he knew me. Right. Otherwise, he couldn't invite me in if we didn't know each other, obviously. But he liked me, buddies. We hung out a lot, you know, enjoyed being in the writing room together. And he trusted my songwriting skill that even though I'm not a known commodity in Southern gospel, he respects my lyrical skill that I'm like, okay, there's stuff here we can work with, you know, Mm -hmm. let's see what happens when we get him in the room. So again, no like and trust. So he invited me into a very successful high level room. And he wouldn't have done that if I were a stranger. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't like me. Because he doesn't have to, you know? He wouldn't have not been a stranger if you hadn't networked, right? Yeah, I met him through another co-writer. and Yeah, I'm sure there must have been some times when you got in some rooms with some people. Maybe it was the Jason, maybe it wasn't, but where you felt a little bit out of your comfort zone. Like, oh, yeah. oh these guys are really good. I'm in over my head. Just focus, focus, focus. You know, quick bat, quick bat, quick bat. I think about, <laughs> I think about Bull Durham, you know, where he's just like in his own head. Yeah. But you got to go out there and make those. This is all about relationships, you know? Yeah, it is. It's so much. And he also wouldn't have had me in the room if he didn't think I could hang in the room, not just yeah. personality-wise. That's a big part of it. Like, do I think they'll get along, you know? And he thought we'd hit it off, and we did. But also, again, the big thing is he trusted me to bring 
what I do, my skill set to the table. He trusts that. He values it. And he's like, yeah, let's see what happens. You know, even though I haven't swam in that particular pool really before. That's lesson one. I got in the room because no like and trust. Lesson number two is knowing your market. Can I get a witness? It was not the first song we wrote. You know, we started writing together in early 2018, I guess, or mid-2018. And it wasn't until February 2019 we wrote Can I Get a Witness. So Kenna and Jason, they really know the Southern Gospel market way better than I do. They also knew that the title of Can I Get a Witness had not already been a big hit. So we were writing some other song, or we're throwing out ideas, and just the title came up in the room. Like somebody just said, Can I Get a Witness? Something like that. And Kenna was like, oh, we need to write that. And I was thinking, hasn't everybody already written how, that? Yeah, how can that not be written already? I was just going to say, like... Exactly. Yeah, that was my mindset. I just blew right past it because to my country brain, that title is such a no-brainer that I assumed it had been written in... Yeah, it's, it's in the secular hit. lexicon. It's exactly. in the secular lexicon of, of pop. You know, like, it's funny. There's comedians that say it that are irreverent and not... Exactly. Christian comedians, you know, like, it's... <laughs> It's not a churchy word or whatever. It's just, it's a, it's such a common phrase that I just, you know, moved on right past it. And we had that discussion. I was like, this hasn't been a hit already? She's like, no. I was like, how? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't believe you. Yeah. No I, prove it. Prove it. I know. Yeah. But, you know, Kenna, she grew up in that world. So she knows. She keeps yeah. up with that stuff. She knows her market. And I was like, well, Okay, we got to write it. How do you not? I mean, I'm sure it had probably been written before. You know, I'm sure people have written it, but it hadn't been a hit. So therefore, yeah. open season. And so that's just knowing the market. Coming from the outside, I just assumed it had been written. I wouldn't have written it because I thought too obvious. How many of these are floating around? They knew it hadn't been a hit yet. So like, all right, all we got to do is be the one to get to hit. So that's a big lesson, knowing your market. Another lesson is knowing your audience. See, Kenna and Jason, they also know the Southern Gospel audience. They know that the call and response nature of asking a crowd, can I get a witness, is going to go over really well live. I mean, that's the moment when you say, can I get a witness? That's your stand up, hands up, and testify moment, Mm -hmm. right? So much is built for that live performance in a church or whatever kind of venue that they're in for people to, you need your amen moment, you know, that time Mm -hmm. to stand up like, yes, you know? And so we're writing for that. They know that that audience needs that. That's a big part of a show. Is the response, now because I'm asking, like, is the response physical in the sense that you stand up and put your arms in the air? Or is there a callback too? that, like a vocal amen? Is that it? Or It can be that. It can be the stand up, hands up, that sort of thing. Yeah, something that's going to get them on their feet. Or it just evokes a response. You're asking a question. And so, therefore, it involves the listener on some, whether in their car driving to work, and they're the only one there listening to have some sort of response like, yeah, you know, God is faithful, or whatever it is. Or if you're at a show to stand up, be like, yes, you know? Can you see how these guys are going to set that up, too, live? Like, they're going to tell a story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And And they're going to tell this beautiful story, and then they're like, man, can I get a witness? Everybody's going to go, ah! Exactly. I like at a live concert because they're going to know what's coming. It's like the holler and swaller of Christian music. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, instead of everyone like, raise a glass. It's like, can I get a witness? And we built that into the bridge where it kind of breaks down. It's like, you know, if you can't stay silent, if you can't keep quiet, here's your chance. 
come on, here's your chance. Can I get a witness? So it builds that up in the song itself going, come on, come on, this is it. This is your chance to testify. Come on. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's for that audience and for that live show. They know that so well. And that's a lesson for any genre. You know, how's this going to go over live? You know, is this give the artist a chance to interact and get a response from the audience? Come on, you know, yeah. you've got to know that, know your market. So again, this is brilliant. We applied this specifically, or mainly Jason Kenna applied it specifically to, you know, the Southern gospel world. But these lessons, know, like, and trust, know your market, know your audience applies to whatever genre. I mean, I use that for country, you know? Yeah. And I told him from day one. And don't you use that also for finding like a mechanic? <laughs> no lack and trust. Yeah. Yes. I mean, think about it. Think about how many other places in your life you use that. So for all the writers out there and for all the musicians and the artists out there, there's no like and just being in crowd. And like, if you feel out crowd, then you are getting yeah. crowd. It, all yeah. it takes is a little effort. They're good people. It's not a big evil thing. You know right. what I mean? But it's no different than who you're going to spend money on for fix your car. You know, who you trust to watch your kids. I mean, this is a normal thing we do, but for some reason it gets haters when it comes to the -hmm. entertainment industry. Yeah, I mean, we had to get a bunch of electrical done on our house because we have like a hundred year old house. And a lot of it apparently was still that old knob and tube, like old electric. We kind of don't want it to burn down. All my kids live at the house. I kind of don't want to lose them. We didn't make our own kids and bring three of them over from China just to burn them to the ground. Burn them up, right. (laughs) And exactly, you know how hard we're they are to replace. Than that. We're good exactly, <laughs> you know if we're going to spend all this money and get the electrical, this is a family safety issue. Like you know, we ask around, who do we know? I don't know electricians. You know, so we started asking around. Yeah, you know, and getting recommendations. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Because it's a big deal, isn't it? It was a lot of money you're going to spend. Oh, yeah. Your family's safety is at stake, but also Mm -hmm. you want to make sure somebody's going to be professional and not leave you in the middle of the job. Aren't these the same things you're thinking about when somebody says, hey, I got this new person. I want you to write with them. Yeah. Is this going to end up being a headache? 
<laughs> they gonna yeah. show up? Is he up? gonna come in with hookers and heroin, hungover? Yeah, like, is he gonna be argumentative? Like, is he gonna suck? Is he gonna freeze up? Is he just not gonna be great? Because yeah. I ain't got time for that. So, yeah, it's the same stuff, life. It's the same stuff in life. Yeah, it's no different. It's just some people think it needs to be different in the music business, but it's not. All right. One common factor about, if I can draw the parallel between the mechanic and the guy who installed your electric and the songwriters that you want to write with, climbers, they got one thing in common. They're all people. Mm-hmm. As varied as they come. Yeah. And they're just <laughs> as full of crap as the next person. Yep. <laughs> they're trying to feed their families. <laughs> yeah. You know. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it feels like when you're hiring somebody to do work for you, it's the same as like in the music business. Like most of them seem like unprofessional. They're going to be headachey. They're not showing up when they're supposed to. You're worried, are they overcharging me? Are they really doing what they're supposed to be doing? Yeah, there's all those. It seems like you hire someone to do some work. Renovation. We also had a bunch of renovations done when we first moved in. And, and you're just like, it seems like most people just don't show up mm-hmm. when they're supposed to. Like it takes forever and you're hounding them and it's driving you nuts, right? It seems like a small group of people that are like the pros. That you like. Yeah. yeah, I'll recommend this person because he was professional and he did good work and felt like the price was fair, all that stuff. Same thing in the music business. Most people are the musical equivalent of contractors. It seems like they're like, they don't show up and they're not professional. Shoddy work. And shoddy work. And oh shoddy my gosh. Work. But if you can find those professionals, you're like, I will use you every time I need you. Yes. And I will tell my friends because you're awesome. Thank you for being different. Yeah, there's like two levels. The first level is getting from the shoddy work to the good work level, right? Oh, that's hugely important. He was really nice, but my house burned down after he just changed out my electrical. Okay, not recommended. Yeah, or he just sucked and I had to have it redone. Or oh, yeah. I mean, how many people got stories about that from people late concrete or mm-hmm. people who put siding on or they do this or they do that? I mean, they just forgot stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Jiffy Lube kid who forgets to put the freaking drain screw back in the drain pan. Yeah. And you go driving off without any oil. I mean, it's like, <laughs> man, that's, you got one job, you know? <laughs> right. Like, come on. Yeah. And so like Jason, he knew I was going to show up because I have yep. a track record of showing up. So yeah. he's not like, hey, Brent's going to come in and ride with us today. Is he coming? I don't know. Let me text him. I haven't heard back yet. Oh, he's running an hour late, which sometimes stuff happens. Life happens. Hey, tires yep. blow out. Stuff happens. Right. But barring that, I have a history of track record proven but, but, of okay, showing can, can up. I, Interject one more time. The the only reason that you have a track record of showing up is because you showed up Mm -hmm. all those times with him, right? You didn't walk in expecting that kind of respect from Jason the first time you met him. Exactly. You had to prove it. And the other thing I was going to say is like when it comes to like those contractors, the plumber, the lawyer, the doctor, like the people that are really, really good at what they do, they only get that way because they really freaking love what they do, mm-hmm. and they want to be good at it. Yeah, they they want to be the best at it. And there's lots of people who just go to work to go to work. They go to work to get to the weekend. To get to the weekend, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what kind of writer are you? You know, If you're the writer that wants to ascend, that wants to be talking about a number one, that you had, like, how are you looking at it? Mm-hmm. Are you just trying to get to the weekend? Are you just writing so you can continue to tell yourself you're a writer? Which is totally fine, okay? Mm-hmm. Up until the point that you get bitter that you don't have a number one. Right, exactly, yeah. Because if it's just a hobby and you listen to this podcast because you want to get better at that hobby, God bless, I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. But what turns me off is when there's a million reasons why they can't get to number blah, 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 and it always starts with you. 
You yeah. know what I mean? And so listen to this. Like, this is why we call it decline, like leverage. The leverage that he created to get that ask, to get into this room in a different genre that Brent hadn't written, wasn't really familiar with writing in, happened because of all this other work that he had done. This is railroad track he laid down that got him, like, kind of in a roundabout way to another number one. And yeah. That's it. It's work. It's consistent work and working consistently in a consistent manner, right? Like you're That's always right. showing up, bringing your A game. You've had good days writing with... Um, with Jason? Yeah, with Jason. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you've had some days where it's like, eh, you know, yeah. We, oh, yeah. we did the best we could. <laughs> yeah. We hit the best we could and we just didn't get, some, we didn't get enough points on the board. But he knows, he trusts just from being in the room with you that you're there if we're digging ditches, let's go. I got a yeah. shovel, and I'm going to keep going until my body gives out. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about that. So I just think sometimes people, they put so much weight on the meeting of somebody, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, man, that's just the beginning. Now you got to create the relationship, and how are you going to prove to them that you're consistent, that you're interested in being good? Mm -hmm. It's a craft. I'm sorry. Nobody woke up and knows how to put together a house right. or paint or write a song or take apart an engine, put in, you know, some superchargers and a couple headers and put it back together. You're not born with that. Yeah. You're born with the desire to do it. And then you got to go do the work and be awesome yeah. and get better. You know, sorry, but, I didn't mean to hijack that, but that's no, just what's those going are all my head. great points. And you may be born with a knack for melody, for words, that kind of stuff. And that's cool. But, you know, do you think you're born with a knack of going, yeah, this title actually hasn't been a single before and we could write that. Oh, and here's that moment in a live show where people are going to want to stand up. And so let's right. write for that. Like, are you just like <laughs> knowing so the market and knowing the audience, you think that's just, you know, you can get by on talent alone for that? No, there's art to it, but there's also like skill and almost science, almost, you know, of going, mm -hmm. it's not just putting words and melodies together. It's being very intentional. Like, what's an artist want to say? What's a listener want to hear? What's going to go over well live? There's all this other stuff that you may, through talent, stumble upon every now and again, but you're batting average is going to be a lot better if you are intentional about it and actually learn those things. And, and uh, you know, yeah. another thing is I knew my value coming in, meaning I told them, I'm just here to put the hammer down lyrically. Y'all keep me off the guardrails and out of the ditches because they know the art audience, they know the market, they know what's acceptable to say, what not to say, what's too edgy, what's not. You know, we made the joke before about, you know, this like the only writing rooms I can get in where I'm like the edgy guy. <laughs> you know, like, I know. Like, oh, that's too far. You can't say that. that. You know. You're the devil now. I'm like the, uh, you know, the <laughs> guy the in the leather, leather chaps showing up or yeah. something. And um, I want to see you in leather chaps. No, you don't. Nobody does. <laughs> So that's a sentence I never thought you'd say, Johnny. I want to see you in leather chaps. But anyway, so I know that I don't know. And one thing they liked about me is that I would just say things in a different way, just naturally because of all my years of country writing. And I kind of have my own voice, my own way of saying stuff. Jason's written a lot of country too, but not as steeped in it as I have been. So they liked that I would mm -hmm. say stuff different. And sometimes would be like, that's a little too cool for the market. Let's just back that up a little bit, move it toward the market a little bit. And so I may say some stuff that if I were on my own would be – not appropriate for the market, not inappropriate, but just not the language of the market. But they know the language like, oh, that's really cool. But how about we turn it two clicks to the left? That's on the road. You're kind of on the guardrails right now. You know what I'm hearing in this whole story is like 25,000 different levels of intention. Mm -hmm. 
That's the knowledge and the science behind the craft that makes it art. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that you're going to lay a foundation on a perfectly flat piece of land to build a house on is going to be different than if you're going to have to build that house into a hill. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're going to know, like, you know what, we can't have a house with a flat roof in a northern state where there's snow or it's right. going to end up coming down on top of them. So we're going to have to build a pitch to the roof and not a small pitch, like a big pitch, like a steep right. pitch, you know, and up in the mountains, you got those A-frames. Why? Because there's so much freaking snow. Mm-hmm. But they know this. It's not just building a house. There's a difference between writing a lyric and singing a melody that lyric over a chord change and actually songwriting. Yeah, especially commercial songwriting. Yeah, and writing something compelling. There's also a difference between having a Pro Tools rig and knowing how to press record and recording music versus making a record. Yeah. There's the art of that. And knowing when you're in a situation like, okay, I've been here before. This is what we're going to do here. The kick drum needs to lay off. The, you know, mm-hmm. you start making arrangements based on instincts, but you don't. It's environmental instincts. You have those instincts because you've been there before Mm -hmm. and you found out what worked before. But it's not an instinct of like fear. Yeah. Right. Where it it becomes an instinct because you've done it so much. Yeah, that's it. I think the analogy of how you build a house depends on where you live is is a great analogy. I may steal it because you're in different environments. And so therefore, you know, you don't need an A-frame in... Arizona. Yeah. But you're going to build it differently. Here's something else to add to that. I just remember this. I went skiing in Ta- Taos, which is in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can't remember which city you fly into in New Mexico. But if you think about homes and property in New Mexico, what do you think about visually? Uh, like stucco? They're like adobes, right? Adobe, yeah. You know what? That's a city freaking ordinance. Oh. In that market, the McDonald's looks like that. Huh. You have to look like that. So, Know your market, right? Yeah. If you go and try to build an A-frame in the middle of Albuquerque, or I can't remember if it was Albuquerque or where we flew into, but if you try to build an A-frame in the middle of Albuquerque, mm-mm. It right. could be the best A-frame in the world, but they're going to be like, you can't do that here, yeah. <laughs> right? right? I mean, that yeah. was like a really like visual example that I think people would get to add to your stealing of my line, which is yeah. good. I like that. It's like zoning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That line is not zoned for this genre. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There you go. Oh, I didn't That's know. Right. Yeah. What's the zoning? That's another episode all by itself. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it might work in a different part of town, but you can't open that business here. It's residential. Yep. So it's just invaluable to know your audience, to know your market. And it's funny, I met with a couple of guys over at Daywind on the publishing side, Rick and Joe Dan, and we were having breakfast one morning before one of my rights. And, you know, I was, you know, just early on, I was telling them, yeah, I'm still learning the market. I don't know who all the the artists are and, and all this stuff. So I'm really relying on people like Jason and Kenneth who know it. And I said, I need to start listening to more. And they said, no, don't. <laughs> I'm like, why? They want the fresh perspective. Like, we already got people that are so steeped in that, what you bring, what your value is, and outside of perspective. Now, I bring the perspective of a believer, of a Christian. And so yeah. that's relevant. Grew up in Arkansas. And so, you know, I'm from that part southern. of the country. So I'm yeah. southern. And, you know, so a lot of that's natural. And I've heard so many of those songs growing up, seeing them in church or whatever. But yet, I'm not so steeped in it. I bring that outsider perspective, that outsider kind of language. And that's like one thing they thought was valuable. So when you think what value can you bring to that situation? Jason and Kenna have proven how many times that they don't need me to write a number one. Yeah. They do yep. just fine on their own. Well, McKenna, so, at least 31 times. McKenna, at least 31, yeah. Yeah, and counting, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
She didn't need you. They're doing just fine. So why? Why am I in that room? There's a value that I bring. There's a perspective. There's a language. It keeps them fresh. That exactly. They go, okay, that's a value I bring. And we get along really well, and it's fun. It's a good hang, you know, and that's good too. So let's go to another lesson in this is no people in the business. Kenna grew up in the Southern gospel industry. I mean, Dottie West is her mother-in-law. What? Her, really? Yeah, yeah. Kenna Turner West. Dottie West. Uh, yeah. Sure. Her family members were in like Southern gospel groups and stuff. So she's, man, she knows everybody and she's a hustler. She gets out there, she works, and she makes relationships. She's pitching songs. She is a pitching machine. So of course, she knew guys in the sound. She'd already written with them and pitched them a bunch of songs. And she's well-respected as a brand, as a writer in that market. And people ask her for songs. She's one of the people that artists will reach out to. Like, Ken, I got a record coming up. Yeah, let's write for it. What you got? All that stuff. Because she's built that track record. Yeah. And so that's why the sound reached out to her. Rob Mills and the guys, that's why Rob meets, reached out to her when they needed that one more song to finish the project. I'm sure she's not the only one they reached out to, but she was on that list. I wasn't. Because mm-hmm. they didn't know, like, or trust me. They didn't know I existed. So how do you feel about that? You can choose to feel angry and bitter about that because you should be respected. You've got number ones and stuff. Or you can just understand like, man, they don't know me. They don't know me. I don't have any track record to speak of in that world. Why were they calling me? They don't have my number. I don't I didn't know they existed either. You definitely do a good job of changing that. Uh, It's changing. (laughs) Yeah. They reached out to her because they knew her. They liked her and they trusted her to have a hit. And sure enough, she provided one. So the thing is, the story of a cut is often the story of relationships. So my relationship with another writer at Major Bob, Robin Wilty, hey, Robin, got me in the room with Jason. My relationship Mm -hmm. with Jason got me in the room with him and Kenna, when a lot of people, again, can't get in the room with them. And Kenna's relationship with the artist got our work tape in their hands. And then the song did the rest of the work. So that all happened before the song even had a chance to do its job, was all these relationships to put these people in the room together. Oh, that's a good point right there. Say that one more time. All this relationship work had to happen before the song even had a chance to do its job of blowing people's doors off. But it should be just about a good song. Well, that's great, but who's going to hear it? My point exactly. Say that one more time. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, if a song gets written in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a sound? Can I get a witness? (laughs) Amen, brother. (laughs) There you go. Come on. That was a perfect T.O. That was. That was. Good job on that one. Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, man, that's how it happened. Thankfully, the song connected with the artist. So all that could have been true. She pitched other songs, I'm sure, when they're like, hey, Kenna, we need one more. She pitched other songs that I wasn't on. But thankfully, that song was the right song for the right artist at the right time. Fits their brand. It's more progressive than other artists. And so she knew their lane enough to go, again, knowing your audience. And part of the audience for the song was the artist is kind of the first audience. Knowing, oh, they do stuff that's a little more progressive. Can I Get a Witness would be good for them versus some other artists who are more traditional, who wouldn't cut this type of song. It's not the song's fault. It's just, hey, it's number one, but not for other artists. But it is good for that artist. So she knew that and it connected with the artist and the producer and the label. And if the song wasn't right for the sound, I don't know, we'd be recording a different episode today. Yeah. So it took all that stuff. It took the relationships and it took the right song. And the intention and understanding the market. Which is why it was the right song. Exactly. For every songwriter, like listen to this sound of my voice right now. Here's a rhetorical question for you. 
How much do you know about the market that you're writing for? Do you really mm -hmm. know what you can do and what you can't do, what you can get away with, what you can't get away with? And how much do you know about, I'm sure you probably got like five dream artists that you wish you could get cuts with. What do you really know about their brands? Mm -hmm. Like how much do you really know about them? You know, I just go back to that time when we were producing that record with Colin Ray and I'm getting cheating songs and drinking songs. And mm -hmm. right off the bat, I know these people, they're out crowd. Yeah. Right. They're not professional. They don't understand what we're It's like we're putting the roof on a house and, you know, we're going to we're going to put the shingles on and you show up to the job site with like a buzzsaw. Yeah. We're all done with that. This isn't what's happening now. Like what? How do you not know this? You or know? you're trying to put on a, you know, a roof in Montana and they're showing up with like thatch for the roof. Yeah. It's like, well, that's how we do it in Jamaica. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in Montana. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know. Doesn't matter what you do in Belize. Exactly. This is a Montana. It's going to snow. We don't need a thatched roof. It you can think that here. sounds harsh the way it comes out of my mouth, but that's the first thing I think of is, well, they don't know my freaking artist. It's almost annoying. Oh, it is, because they're wasting your time. You get all these songs to get yeah. through, and they obviously haven't done their homework, but you got to sift through all that junk. Yeah, like you don't even know the brand of the artist. Like This is an artist that doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't even care if it's a great song. They don't respect the artist enough to do their homework. Yeah, there's that, you know, like how you serve it up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. About those really knowing that, having that intention, knowing what they're going to like. Yeah. You know. Or at least what they have a chance to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And just closing it up, man, I think of getting a cut like running a race, okay? But the thing is, you know, you want to get your song across the finish line. That's the cut, you know. But thing is, it's not a one-person race. It's more like a relay race. One leg of the race is run by relationships. That's one leg of this relay. But eventually, it's got to hand it off the baton off to the song and it takes both of them to cross the finish line and get cut. So if your relationships are tripped up, it doesn't matter how your good your song is. The baton's never going to get past your song because nobody's ever going to hear it. And your relationships may be great and it hands the baton off to your song, but your song has a serious limp. That's so good. Well, it doesn't matter how fast your relationships are. It takes both. That's good. Thank you. It starts with the relationships to get in the writers' rooms, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to have that kind of relay race. And then after the song is written, you got a relay race of everybody else trying to get it heard. Mm -hmm. And then essentially the last, the last leg of this race thing that gets the baton to run across the finish line is the song. Is the song. Everything else happens before that song. Yeah. So do you people who are all about it's you know they should know it's a good song and blah 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 think about that. Mm hmm. Like, you ain't running the race right. It's like trying to sneak in at the last mile of a marathon and, right. and be first, you know? And like, yeah, like, uh-uh. It doesn't work that way, people. You got some more work to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great analogy, man. Thank you. <laughs> so it's the relay race. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful. If you want to get cuts and hits... I'm here to help you. We're trying to provide opportunities for folks over at songwritingpro.com. Our goal over there with that website is to help you think like a pro, help you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and to connect to the pros. We're always doing events where you can connect to the pros. We have them on a regular basis. And so if you're interested in that, a great place to start is over at songwritingpro.com. 
over the top menu, there's a little box that says like free gift. And it's my ebook. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. Just distill some of the lessons I've learned from my ups and downs in the music business. And it's my gift to you. Just tell me where to send it. Email it right out to you. And there's some other goodies. You can connect to the Climb Podcast through the website as well, which I know you're listening to right now, and we appreciate it. And there's some other goodies there, too, as well. So that's songwritingpro.com. Love to have you stop by. There you go. All right, guys. So that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. So remember, join the Climb community, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200, and we're inching closer to that every day, by the way. Tell a friend about it. I mean, if you're getting value out of this, man, tell somebody, tell a musician, tell a songwriter, tell another artist. Mm-hmm. Let them know, hey, you want to check this out. There's some good stuff in here. That's why we do this. We put this podcast together because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.